Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. This is episode 17. I am your host, as always, Noah Rubin. For this episode, Adam King of Fantasy Basketball International joined me to finish recapping our 30-team dynasty startup. And we also talked about the industry roundtable columns that he has been hosting. Uh, just as a reminder to subscribe to my Substack, noahrubin.substack.com. Uh, you'll get multiple articles a week and a podcast episode. Uh, generally three articles, but life happens. Sometimes it's two. Um, also follow me on Twitter at NoahRubin22. A lot of Dynasty and Fantasy-related content uh, that I either retweet or tweet myself. Um, also, with football season starting, you, it will also be a lot of Jets retweets, so apologies for that. Um, and then also like and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with whoever you think would be interested uh, give it a rating if you're able to. Anything of that format uh, is able to help build um, a listening base. And I think listening base is a thing. Maybe it's not. But get more listeners and more people. It really helps me out a ton uh, to be able to continue to make these and hopefully help you win your dynasty or redraft leagues and make some money because that's the goal. Also to have fun. Having fun is probably more important unless you're playing in a mega money league where you're having a massive buy, in which case fun is less important. Um, but Adam and I had fun on this episode. As always, we got really off topic and had fun conversations, um, which is fine. So bear with us and also tune in for the actual analysis that we do have in this episode. Uh, but let's go ahead and get it started. Welcome back to the Tank Me Later podcast. This is episode 17, and Adam King is once again joining me to talk about our 30-team dynasty startup. We finally finished that draft. It took forever. I actually don't have the exact timing of when we finished and started, so I guess I could look that up. But it took a long time, but we finally have everything done. All the rosters are set. We've even had some trades, so we'll talk about those. Uh, but first off, Adam, I know it's bright and early. I know nothing has happened for you so far today. But how are you doing? Uh, I'm good. It's uh, it always looks like I'm in a dungeon recording <laughs> because it's it's dark um, and it is it's raining here this morning, so it's it, it's cloudy as well as dark. So uh, yeah, but no, other than that, I'm enjoying my Saturday so far. That's good. Oh, yeah, I guess it would be Saturday there, so it's a nice weekend. So thank you for waking up bright and early to join me to uh, discuss all this. And first things first, before we talk about that, uh, as we're recording this, I don't remember if – I don't know if I'm going to put this out tonight or tomorrow morning, but it'll be out soon enough that this is still recent news. Anthony Davis just signed a three-year, $186 million extension. That ties him with the – with the Lakers through the year 2028. So I think that would be the 2027, 2028 season. So that is, I believe five more seasons with the Lakers um, that he's under contract. I'm going to go ahead and say that is going to be past LeBron's tenure with the team. He could prove me wrong. He could play another five seasons. I just don't think so. Um, 
so AD is kind of the Lakers are mortgaging their future on Anthony Davis being able to keep them a contender. And when he's on the floor, I think that they're right. I don't think anybody would disagree when he plays that he is one of the best players in the league, but obviously that has been a little bit of an issue uh, the past few seasons. We were talking about it before Adam. Uh, we talked about three year, $186 million. That's an average I'm pretty sure the math doesn't work out exactly when you look at the contract details, but just three 186, that's 62 million a year. I think they would be pretty thrilled if he plays 62 games a year, which actually I'm going to go ahead and pull up how many he played 56 this past season. He actually played 62 during uh, the bubble season that they won the championship. And since then it's been 36, 40 and 56. So he hasn't hit 62 games in a season since they won the championship yet they're going to be giving him 62 million. So that's over a million dollars for each game that he plays. Adam, what's kind of your thoughts on what this means for him and the Lakers now that we put that into perspective a little bit? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, a lot of money. And and as we touched on, probably in five years, he'll be playing 20 games a season. <laughs> so two million a game or, or however that works out. But Oh look, I mean he's he's proven what he can do. We we everyone knows how good he is. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of money, but he he is that good that he would demand that much money. So if you want to keep him, you got to pay him. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Look, I I think this season the Lakers are going to be pretty good. They're going to want to compete with the roster that they've got. They know the window on LeBron is closing very quickly, so. This could be the last season they that they're with LeBron, depending on what happens with his son and the draft and and everything that everything beyond. So, um, and I guess they see Anthony Davis as the future beyond LeBron James. So, um, yeah, look, I mean, good on him. It's, if you can get that much money doing anything, then you you're doing well. Um, and and that's the league. I mean, Jalen Brown just got three hundred million for five years, whatever it is. So. It's, uh, yeah, certainly a lot of money, but that's where we're headed. Um, these superstars are earning this kind of money. So uh, there's already talk of who's going to be the first $400 million player. Um, and Shay, you've got the Thunder hat on. Shay Gilgis Alexander's <laughs> name has been tossed up as the guy that could be the first $400 million player. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty mind blowing because for me, and that's American. Uh, for me here, that's sort of, you got to add another thirty percent to that to get Australian dollars. Okay, so that's even <laughs> that's a good <laughs> bit more. So that explains Laker ticket prices, I guess. If we're going to go ahead and put it in perspective that way, if the reason they're outrageous is because they have to afford to pay this one guy a million dollars a game, and then obviously still the rest of the team, everybody working in the arena. So I guess they have a reason to uh, charge ridiculous amounts for their tickets, along with all the celebrities that sit courtside. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm going to be in LA in, in October and I haven't even looked at ticket prices. I'm not even considering <laughs> going to a Lakers game. I, I'll go to go to um, some other cities where it's a little bit cheaper. Go to a, a Clippers game or maybe a maybe a Kings game, maybe make the drive out there because, I, yeah, I, I well, those Kings aren't as cheap be. anymore. <laughs> no, they wouldn't be, but I'm sure they're cheaper than Lakers tickets. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. And you mentioned the Thunder hat. I have... Goodness, so many hats just sitting in my closet that I occasionally 
told myself I would wear for podcasts. And luckily my hair wasn't agreeing with me today because I need a haircut. So I threw one on and I decided to wear a thunder hat because I didn't draft any thunder players in this startup <laughs> now that I, cause I looked through, I was like, Oh, maybe I drafted a thunder player and that'll be cool. Nope. Not one. So yeah, I don't we think can, so. uh, did either, did I? Uh, oh, please. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, no, I did not. So nice. So we'll give them some representation. <laughs> That's what the goal of this is. All right. Well, We'll go ahead and get into, um, well, actually, I'll explain this. Um, so I post these podcasts on, obviously, Apple, Spotify. I just started getting on Google. Actually, B-Dub recommended that. Um, I couldn't figure it out because I didn't really put much effort into it. But now it's on Google as well. It's also on YouTube. I usually just kind of say, hey, like I'm recording video. I'll just throw it on YouTube as well not make any video edits one because I don't want to pay for a video editing software. They're expensive. Um, and that's really my main reason. And two, I guess I don't really want to take the time to edit videos, but somebody commented on one of my videos and basically said, Hey, like you need to add something like these are really, and I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, if anybody watches on YouTube, they just have to watch sometimes just me by myself talking to a camera for an hour mm. and a half straight. I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. I probably should. So I decided to take a page out of your book and just add a slideshow that will hopefully at least give viewers something else to look at other than my face. So going to try this um, nice title slide using Google Slides. Uh, but we'll go ahead and so this is round one of the startup. Just a reminder uh, it's, we ended up going 13 rounds. We were originally going 11, but Rhett ended up DMing me and basically saying, Hey, I have way too many people in my queue. This draft probably needs to be longer. And I looked at who was available and I was like, yeah, we probably could go two extra rounds. Like there's some guys that are probably going to be starters for teams this season because everybody's going upside swings. There's going to be starters for team this season that are going to be sitting on the waiver wire and in dynasty, you know, waiver wire isn't super active. It's weekly lineups too. So you're setting your lineup at the beginning of the week. You're not changing it till the next week, which just makes it easier on everyone. But you're probably also not sitting there making roster changes uh, every day as well. So the goal of Dynasty is kind of to build your team, invest in guys, you know, take your late swings on guys you think are going to be good. And then if they pan out, then you did a good job. Uh, so we went two extra rounds just added some depth, but we still are starting. We have our starting five, all flex spots. So you can kind of build your team however you want. And then eight bench spots. We didn't do any minors, uh, which is kind of like uh, just young players that are just going to sit there and you can't actually put them in your lineup. But you can just have them on your roster. Just kind of keep them there so nobody else can steal them. It's kind of a thing, but it's, I don't know. I just like having extra guys in my roster and extra roster spots. So I just did that, but we have the results of the first round. I didn't include the team, but I have that in front of me, Adam, if we want to talk about anybody specifically, but I bolded our picks. I got Victor Wembanyama at two. You got Kate at nine. I know last time we had kind of talked about those already, uh, why we went with the guys that we did, but is there anything else about this first round that kind of stands out to you at all? Uh, look, not not really. I mean, the, I guess the fact that it's the fact that it's all flex 
may have impacted some people's uh, probably not as much in the first round, but second, third round, I think there'll be some impact that we'll see um, with guys going maybe a little bit too high or falling a little bit. Um, no, look, I mean, Victor at two, I think that's sort of a, a bit of a discussion. But as you said, we've had it. Do you take Luca at two? Do you take Victor at two? Um, I like Lamelo at four. I know a few people are down on Lamelo just coming off last season, but... Yeah, I think I think Lamelo's top five, top six guy. So, so that seems fine. Um, Giannis is probably a little bit high for me, um, just given. I mean, the age. I mean, you could say the same about Jokic, but just the the whole knee thing. It's they've come out and said that this is an ongoing thing for him. It's not. It's not something that was isolated to last season or anything like that. So, maybe a fraction high, but. Um, he's still really good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's obviously pe- people have very, very different trains of thought here. So you can see me going with Cade, Anthony Edwards, Shay, um, McCall Bridges, uh, Evan Mobley, Chet Holmgren, very young. And then you've got those people that went with like Steph Curry at 14, Giannis at 10. So straight away, you sort of might think, okay, well, these guys are probably going to look to win now with these with these players um, because their window of, of production is a lot smaller when you're 35 than compared to when you're 22. So um, straight away, just looking at this first round, you could probably lean, have a look at which teams are going to lean into a, a win now or, or a win in the next couple of years at least. Yeah, and just a reminder in case anybody's just listening to this for the first time, didn't listen to the last time we talked about it or didn't see anything on Twitter, the Mikhail Bridges pick was an auto draft. Uh, Mikhail mm-hmm. Bridges at 13. Um, and it was just because Fantrax's rankings are just incorrect. I don't know why it is the way it is, if they just kind of threw in some random numbers just to have something right now. Um, personally, I don't mind it because – then if somebody doesn't really know who they want to take, they act like they can't just take the best available and not really put much thought into it. You have to put a little bit more thought into your picks instead of just relying on the apps or websites uh, ranking system already. Whereas, you know, if you're doing like an ESPN or a Yahoo draft, like I feel like a lot of people end up doing that. Um, and just one more thing about Wemby, because this hadn't happened uh, the last time we talked about this, I'm in, another 30 team startup that Rhett Bowers hosting his punt intended uh, podcast league. I think it's not his first one, but it's another one that he's uh, starting up right now. He had the number one pick and he took Wemby at one and I haven't heard any backlash. I need to hear more backlash about uh, because I, I received backlash barely any, but, and I, I think I was able to explain it just fine, but he took him mm-hmm. over Jokic too. And I haven't heard one negative thing about it. So I don't know. Maybe we need to uh, question Red a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, look, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Jokic is still sort of that that clear number one. But, I mean, yeah, just the upside of, of what Wimbanyama might do is it's so enticing that that I, I see I have no issue taking him at one either. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm happy, to, I'm happy to make comment and complain. Yeah, no, I mean... I, <laughs> I might have to start something on Twitter and just call them out for it. But no, if I were, I, 
had it in my old dynasty rankings. Um, I'm actually working on updating them because going through multiple dynasty mocks and startups at the same time has made me realize that I really like my top seven. I like my top probably 100 players a good bit. Um, maybe mixing around a little bit as I'm working through it, but pretty much after that, they're awful and I hate my rankings. So I need to redo the whole thing. Uh, my dynasty ranking so as i've gone through mocks i've realized that so i'm working on that but uh without a doubt to me it's Jokic one luka two Wemby three as dynasty rankings and then some combination whatever order you want of lamello halliburton sga and tatum like that's the clear top seven to me and then anthony edwards at eight and then i think you can kind of that's when you go in the direction of or am i going to go kate cunningham or am I going to go uh, Joel Embiid? I think those are probably my next two. Are Or if you have somebody else that you like, where it's kind of like, am I going to go young or am I going to go win now? And that's that's to me how the top 10 should look, should work out. Um, there's obviously other guys you can consider um, in those spots. I mean, Giannis went 10 in this one. I don't have an issue with it, especially when we talk about uh, the all-flex starting lineups. I haven't looked at how the rest of that team uh, panned out, but you can easily do a free throw slash turnover slash three pointer punt um, and get a really, really good team um, around Giannis. But I believe. Yeah. I've got the squad yeah. here. Um, okay. So yeah, Giannis was pick one next uh, he picked DeJounte Murray, Jimmy Butler, Jeremy Sohan, Dyson Daniels, and then into your sort of fringy guys. But he got Gordon Haywood reasonably late. Uh, took Lonzo Ball as well. I don't know. I mean, we'll I get think, to that round at some point. But was, yeah. was that a – So I think that ended up – it's messed up on Fantrax's because uh, it's just the draft results. It was – Rhett had that pick and then he traded it. So Giannis actually goes with – the Houston Mill Street Cafe team. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. It's just messed up on Fantrax. But uh, so I believe they have Maxi, but just traded Maxi, uh, which we'll get into. Um, Rudy Gobert and Jakob Pertl. I mean, hey, that's rebounds blocks with a free throw punt between yeah. those guys. So it works mm. out with Giannis. So I get that. So um, I believe, did you have any more thoughts on any of these guys? I mean, just, actually, I'll just go ahead and give one or two more quick ones. But just looking at this, Fox is probably a little high for me. But if you look at it, um, if it's all flex, you can punt whatever the heck you want. Don't have to worry about positions. You can go all scoring guards with assists. Fox obviously becomes a lot more valuable, especially late in the first round. Um, the only other one... Um, that I'm probably, you know, going Steph Curry at 14 is a little early for me. Um, just, uh, but if you're going win now, that's fine. And same thing with Kevin Durant. I think I wrote, um, like 10 players to not, or to a, kind of avoid in drafts this season. And KD was one of them, um, just because of his lack of games played. I'm probably not getting KD anywhere, both redraft or dynasty simply for that reason. But obviously when he's on the court, he's one of the best in the league. So it's like if if he is healthy, then I look stupid. So I I get it. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm not really targeting uh, Durant anywhere this season. Um, Zion's interesting there at 29. Um, the upside is is there. Uh, and look, you're picking basically on the turn there. So I'm not sure who this person paired Zion with. It was, uh, I believe, Scotty Barnes and Jalen Duran was, yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, look, that, that team, that's an interesting, I'm just looking through the, the whole roster of that team. Very, yeah, very young team. Very young. Um, so, yeah, no, look, I like Zion there. I'm, I'm still, I'm a glass half full person whenever it comes to fantasy. So um, I'm hoping that Zion can turn things around this season and get healthy and stay healthy and put all the off-court stuff behind him. Um, I'm not confident. I mean, uh, I mean, if you're on Twitter, you, you see all sorts of rumours, but we hear things from the other players that he's not committing and he's not he's not putting in the effort, all that sort of stuff. I really hope that's not the case and, and that he can, he can come out and play well because, I mean, as we saw last season for the first 30 games or however long it was, the Pelicans were on top of the West and looked awesome. So, yeah, I'm hoping that that, uh, that, that repeats and, and he plays really well. So if, and if that's the case, Zion at 29 here is a great pick. Yeah, it can definitely end up being him. He's got time to figure that out with the young team that he paired it with. Um, and then round two, as we move into it, you went Brandon Ingram at 52. I went Onyeko Kongwu at 59. Um, I, I don't think I've made this or kept this as a secret. I'm a Hawks fan. I don't think when we talked about it last time that you had any issue with me taking him there. I think um, at the time he was a little, that was a little bit of a reach in my rankings, but I wanted the blocks to go with Wemby as well as an Atlanta Hawk to call mine. Um, so that's kind of why I went there. Do you want to talk a little bit about why you went BI or any other picks that kind of stood out to you here? Uh, yeah, look, I went with Ingram. Uh, I, I th- from memory, I wanted Maxi uh, and I wanted Brunson. So that <laughs> they went. <laughs> that's the way um, it goes. Because I went with Cade, obviously, with my first pick. So straight away, I'm I'm thinking, okay, I'm punting blocks i'm punting um punting big man stats so i'm looking for assists i'm looking for steals um looking for some threes so i mean ingram sort of fits that he gets some assists uh doesn't get as many steals as i'd like uh and as many as i i feel he could get i feel his length is he doesn't use it to the best of his ability um but he'll get some threes. He's solid from the free throw line. So sort of does what I wanted. Um, as I said, I would have preferred Maxi there, just slightly younger. But Ingram's, what, 20, 27 or something, I think. He's not something He's not like super that. old. So um, he's potentially one of the oldest ones on my roster, actually, I think, when Let I ended me, up uh... looking back through it. Other than Udonis Haslam, who I took with my last pick, but that was, he'll be uh, he'll be making his way back to the waiver wire. Um, <laughs> that was just a shout out pick, really. I mean, you got to respect it. I mean, it's good good culture pick right there. You're really trying to get the <laughs> team chemistry going. A guy who knows what it takes to win that can yeah. really rub off on the rest of the guys. I get that. Who's retired uh, now? So he <laughs> he's basically your your coach. You brought in a head coach. Nobody Indeed. else thought to even do that. So you guys have a good strategy. Brandon Ingram is about to turn 26. So if that's okay, the oldest 26. on your team, that's that's not bad. 
Um, yeah. 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 Um, so, no, look, I was happy to get him there. Um, it would have been nice if a few other guys had fallen, but that's not going to happen when you're, when you're drafting with people that know what they're doing. Um, like a Desmond Bain there would have been great, but he's never really going to fall that far. Um, I did consider Devin Vassell. I'm pretty high on Devin Vassell as well. Um, long-term, I thought we saw some really nice flashes last season. So I did consider him there. Uh, I just went with Ingram more for the scoring. I think in, in the, my punt build, I need points, and points are really hard to get. As you, Obviously, as you get deeper into any draft, it's hard to get points. But uh, So I figured pairing Brandon uh, Ingram and Cade Cunningham would sort of give me combined maybe 50 points a game. Um which which I think is nice from your first two picks. And yeah, a Kongwu, no issues taking a Kongwu there at all. Uh I think he's once he's once he's set free and he's starting and playing thirty minutes, uh thirty two minutes, he'll be he'll be top forty easily. Yeah, I mean that's that's the hope. Um I was also hoping well, I was hoping Vassell fell to me, not uh that I passed on him, but um, I don't know if you knew this, Adam. I actually, he was in my region in high school. So um, okay. we played against him two to three times a year. Um, obviously, well, not obviously, but I was sitting on the bench getting front row seats to watching Vassell twice a year. So yeah. it was pretty cool. Um, when when he was playing JV, I got to play against him. But when he was in the varsity games, I was sitting on the bench in varsity getting to watch him twice a year. So very familiar I- with him. I would imagine, I mean, we obviously don't – college basketball, that that sort of – I guess that that um, I don't know, genre, genre is not the right word, but college basketball in the States is massive. Here, it's not really a thing. So any young players that are coming up here in Australia head to America, basically. A lot of them mm-hmm. do. So we don't get that experience of watching them in high school and watching them in college and that sort of thing. And – I think you just forget, like, the, these guys that make the NBA, even if they're role players, guys that aren't superstars, I would imagine in playing down in the, when they're in varsity, high school, college, they're just going to dominate. Like, they would be so, – he would have – I could just think he would be so much better than anyone else on the court watching him at that level. So we had a really, really tough region, uh, a lot of – division one players just where I'm from. But I remember, so he got an off cause he went to Florida state. That was to my understanding or recollection, maybe it was his only power five offer, but I think it may have been, yeah, I think it was only power five conference offer. Um, he got that because they were playing against, I don't know if you know, this is Ashton Hagens, uh, who was a five-star recruit, went to Kentucky I think just didn't play very well there. Ended up going in the second round of the Warriors. I don't even know what he's doing now. But their team was playing against them, and Devin had, I think, 36 that game. And Florida State was there to watch. Ashton Hagens ended up offering Devin <laughs> Vassell um, at that game. And I remember hearing about her, seeing it on Twitter, and I was texting some of my teammates. Like, he was he was a good player our, our freshman, sophomore year. He was, like, really, really good junior senior mm. year um but i was thinking i was like i don't think he's d1 good like he's he's good but i don't think mm. he's like a division one player and then now he's in the nba and averaging i don't remember what he he may have averaged 18 a game this year or 20 something which is like that yeah just nuts but 
yeah, so now every time he's available in fantasy, I try and get him where I can. So yeah, well, uh, I think I think he's he's going to be really good. I think um, and and putting better players around him, which the Spurs that that's going to be their goal over the next couple of years, um, is only going to help him. I think. Yeah, no, I and I think he's really good for fantasy. He gets steals and blocks, hits threes. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was a really good pick at fifty five. I was fingers crossed to get, for him to get fifty nine. The other pick that I thought was incredible value was Laurie Markin at thirty seven. Um, in my previous dynasty rankings, I had him at 19. Um, I think I still have him at 19 in the new ones I'm working on right now. So that was a really good pick to get at 37. Um, shout out to Pat Mamba. That's uh, next level fantasy. I don't know if you've seen him on Twitter, but does good work. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think. Again, I think it depends on build and win now. We've already talked about the win now team. Uh, started with Steph Curry, added LeBron at 47. Um, and then I think third round, he ended up going Paul George. So full win now team there, which we talked about the first time we talked about this. Um, I'm not going LeBron in the top 100 probably if I'm doing a dynasty startup. But yeah, I get uh, I get the the win now idea. I get it. Hopefully he's not. I think I may have. Never mind. I'm not going to make that joke again. I know I made it the first time about him trying to win and then lead the league. So I'm not going to make it again. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Look, I don't know. Like again, I'm no fantasy expert, but if to me, if you're going to go with that in with that mindset of win now, you need to either go hard or or don't do it at all. Because if you sort of, oh, I think I want to win now, but I'm not sure. Then in two years, you haven't won, you lose this guy who was your second-round pick, and you're not really any further ahead in terms of development because you've lost a key piece. You have got nothing to show for it. So you either have to draft all old for the first three or four picks, um, or not necessarily old, but but productive, producing already. Um, so, yeah, I mean, going Steph Curry, LeBron, and Paul George certainly going to win if they're healthy, though. That's you, you need to consider that because all three players um, last year probably only played fifty odd games. I would think. I, I don't know, but I remember them all being injured. Yeah, and that may have been generous for a couple of them as well. Um, Curry played fifty six. LeBron played fifty five, and. Paul George played 56. Okay, so maybe maybe okay. you were spot on and I was off. Um, yeah, so that's that was, you know, games played is a worry, um, mm. which I think everybody kind of knows at this point. Um, the other notables from the second round that I see were both the Thompson twins going, Ahmed at 44, Asar at 57. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on the second round. Do you have any others? Uh, no, look, uh, yeah, I mean, I like the Lowry pick. Um, I don't mind the Claxton pick at 53. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have quite a few years of top 50 production. Uh, Jamari Smith at 54 coming off summer league. He, he was really impressive there. So, um, hopefully he's going to reach, well, get closer to his potential because I think his rookie season was pretty disappointing. So, yeah. uh, yeah, no, no, I think there's, there's some nice value there, some nice win now, guys. A lot of young guys, so 
Yeah. On cool. to the third round. On to the third round, indeed. You went Markel Fultz at 82. I went Tari Eason at 89. Um, let's see. A couple other picks I'll just highlight. Uh, rookies, Brandon Miller went 70. Jairus Walker went 87. I think those are the only two rookies that go went in this round. Um, Kevin Porter Jr. went 71. Um, I think... Looking at it now, I don't remember if we talked about this the first time. Maybe a tad early, considering Fred VanVleet and Amen Thompson are there now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Houston has, I think, nine players that just off the bat you probably are going to say are. Eh, we'll say eight. I don't. We'll see about Cam Whitmore. I, I like him as a talent, but I think it's easy to kind of say he's a rookie that slipped in the draft. He may not play a ton. His rookie season um we'll kind of see how good i mean he was really really good in summer league at summer league mvp but that doesn't necessarily mean minutes when there's dylan brooks and tari eason and jabari smith in front of him um jordan Poole went 64 that was good really good value to me i had him at 41 i want to say 41 still have him at 41 in my rankings um, so that was really good value. He's going to be really freaking good this season, especially. And then he was really good in Golden State, not this past season, but the season before. Mm-hmm. But he struggled this season. See, the thing that blows my mind is people are writing him off because, I mean, that's that's what people do. Like, that's fine. I do it too. Um, but he was really good the season before in Golden State. Most of the time when he did really well, it was when he was starting alongside Steph clay comes back clay plays most of the season Jordan Poole struggles in a six-man role but when he starts he's still really really good I, I'm pretty sure uh, I mean he still averaged 20 a game of the season but when he started it was out he was averaging at 24 with six assists or something and now he's going to Washington where they're going to play him 36 minutes a game or 30 maybe not maybe 32 34 but he's going to play a lot have the green light um I don't know We'll start with that if you want. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on Jordan Poole? I know I just kind of rambled a bit. No, I think he's going to be really good this year. Um, I think people forget about the assists upside with him. It's it's all about the scoring and how many points is he going to score, and and he'll be he'll be twenty five plus I think this year. Um, but that that assists upside, anyone that can get you five six assists uh, is is it's really useful um, and. I mean, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard, and again, this is the whole Twitter thing with rumours that they may look at running him as the point guard and bringing Tyus Jones off the bench. I don't know why you'd do that, but <laughs> it's, it's Washington. So um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they will, but uh, nonetheless, Paul's going to have the ball in his hands. He's he's going to be starting. He's going to have an opportunity to to both score and facilitate. So, yeah, look, I think... He obviously had some issues there with the Warriors and, and some of the the other players and Draymond Green obviously uh, wasn't a fan of his. So <laughs> just getting him out of that that environment, I think he's he's going to do wonders for for his confidence and and hopefully allow him just to focus on. Hey, I'm the starter. I'm they're giving me the keys. I'm I'm good to go. Um, not worrying about playing for the the Warriors and all the pressure of winning and coming off a championship year. and uh, So, yeah, with all of that gone, I think he's going to be really good this season. 
Yeah, I think exactly that. Um, but, and also, I don't know if you saw this in the Discord, because I know we talked about it before, and you have a million Discord, um, well, Discord channels that you're in, so you may not catch everything. If you're interested, Jordan Poole is on the trade block. So if you're interested in acquiring him, mm. he is on the trade block because we uh, appear to have only one team that is interested in actually trading four picks. Everybody else is interested in trading away all of their picks to get good players. And then the uh, Arkansas Rim Rockers are interested in trading away all their players for picks and starting the, uh, the slow rebuild. I'm sure that'll change after a few weeks and more teams may look to tank, but if you're interested, he said mm. two to three firsts and a and a young guard. And he texted me about it. He said, "You think uh, think this looks good?" I said, "That's incredibly ambitious." And he said, "That's the goal." So I'm outing him a little bit here. So I, don't, I think that might be a the high point starting point. So you can probably talk him down a little bit. We'll see. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm looking at my roster now. I'm intrigued. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll see. Maybe we'll get uh maybe we'll have the trade done before we finish this episode. That would be remarkable mm. if you could. Uh, go through trade negotiations while also podcasting. That would be pretty cool. Well, my team's sort of young enough that that I can consider trading away of a, a couple of firsts. Okay. Um, because I did go pretty young. It would just be probably the 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 young guard. What I'm not sure exactly what that might I don't know entail. either. Um, I have a lot of young guards, but how, how young is young and how good do they have to be? Yeah, this young guard named Eudonis Haslam is available yeah. for trade, I, I hear. Oh, yeah, here we go. Pool. Yeah, right. Okay, keep talking. And, good, uh, good. Just... good to know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the third round. Um, you know, you, you've talked about liking Markel Fultz a good bit, but obviously Anthony Black who goes next round um, may impact that a little bit as you hear Adam typing away about his uh, trade proposal. But um, a lot of young guys went in this round. Um, I mentioned Brandon Miller and Jairus Walker as the rookies, but also Trey Murphy, 72, Shaden Sharp, 73, Mark Williams, 74, Keegan Murray, 78, um, Emmanuel quickly, 85. We'll see. He's so good. But he's now Jalen Brunson is there. They finally the Knicks have a point guard for the first time in like 25 years, and so now Quickly's still stuck on the bench. And there's actually a legit reason for it. Whereas before it was kind of like, why isn't he starting? Um, so are they going to start a shooting guard? Are they going to trade him? I don't know. Um, and then I got Tori Easton. So a lot of young guys went this round. Oh, Jalen Duran also went 62. Um, I'll ask you one question before we go on to the next round. Um, Onyeko Kongwu, Jalen Duran, and Mark Williams. There's actually a little bit of space between them with Mark Williams slipping 12 picks past Duran. Uh, Okongwu, I took three picks before Duran. How do you kind of, I mean, it's pretty hard for me to separate between them because they're all athletic bigs um, that are going to rebound, shoot a high percentage, block shots. Um, I believe Jalen Duran's free throw percentage is a little lower, but he's also the youngest. Um, how do you kind of stack those guys up? Do you 
is it just situation for you or is it, is there any of those guys that you like significantly more than the others? Uh, I think I'd, I think I'd probably have Williams as third um, in that bunch. And then in terms of first, second, I'd probably have a Kongwu uh, at the top just because I think he does a little bit more um, and has scope to do a little bit more offensively as well. Uh, Duran, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just, I worry with Duran and, and Williams that they're going to be a little bit, I mean, not that Rudy Gobert is bad, but a little bit in that mold of three mm-hmm. category guys. So rebounds, blocks, field goal percentage, and that's it. I don't necessarily, although Duran hit a couple of threes, I think in summer league, is that, am I right in saying that? I think I he had, he did. He also had like a off the dribble mid range pull up, which was yeah. kind of crazy. So, so if he's if he's looking to add that, which I think a lot of these big guys have to nowadays, just with the way the NBA is going. So, but I can see a Kongwu sort of trans transform or not transforming, but adding that mid range to his game. Um, the downside with a Kongwu, obviously, is that he's a fraction undersized. He isn't as tall. Uh, so he relies a little bit more on that athleticism to get blocks and, and positioning. Um, so, look, I think they're all going to be really good players long-term, and, and I don't think you can really go wrong, but I'd probably have a Congo slightly ahead, but I think you could make a case for, for Duran as well. Yeah, and they're all playing with really, really good point guards, so that mm. should help them get some good looks. We'll move on to round four where I took Derek White. And Austin Reeves, you got him at 99. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm huge on Derek White. Uh, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later because I have my fair share of thoughts, but I don't want to take the rest of the podcast to talk about him. <laughs> um, but you got Reeves at 99. Um, so let's see. So Miles Bridges went 91, which really good chance that that ends up being a really good value pick uh, if he's able to get back on track to where he was before missing a season. Um, I think at the time, Derek Lively, I liked that pick. And now um, on, I think it was, I don't remember how long ago this was probably a couple of weeks, but on Twitter, Josh Lloyd was talking about rookies that could start. And I threw out there that Lively has, an off chance, I think, because of a lack of competition uh, of starting at center, and that the only other two other only two or three other starters would be Wemby, Scoot, and Brandon Miller. Probably all three start, assuming a Damian Lillard trade. Uh, but he said that, according to his sources, um, Lively is like nowhere near where they want him to be for the, him to play a lot. So he may not play much off the, you know, off the rip. Um, so that may end up being a little bit high for him. Um, let's see. Taylor Hendricks, 107. Bilal Koulibaly, 111. Two rookies, no problem there. Um, Daniel Gafford at 118. I think that's going to end up being, at least for this season, a major steal. We'll see how much he's able to stick around, um, past the season, but 100% this year he's going to be really, really good. And just to uh, 
that is the Vancouver Care Bears that have Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard, Fred Van Vliet, and now Daniel Gafford. Um, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I think that's a really good team. And I think Gafford has a really good chance of being a steal here at 118, especially when we look the few picks above him. Clint Capella, Brooke Lopez, Jeremy Sohan, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Spencer Dinwiddie. So if you look, I mean, Capella and Lopez, Gafford's doing similar things to Capella, but he's significantly younger. Obviously, Lopez is hitting threes as well, but he's also significantly older. I don't know. What do you think about Gafford at 118? I like Gafford there. I think you could have him in that discussion that we just had with the the Okongwu, Mark Williams, Jalen Duran discussion. Um, he's a little bit older. Uh, he's been in the league since 2019 uh, from memory, That when the, he was drafted by the Bulls. Um, I remember watching him at Summer League, and he, he is... He relies a lot on energy. He so he's he's very um, up tempo, f- plays the game fast. I'm still not sold on him long term as a sort of a starting center on a good team. But as you said, this season Washington are rebuilding. Thirty minutes a night, uh, he's going to be awesome this year. And, and on that build that you you talked about, this team that they have, he's a perfect fit. Um, and even he's sort of one of those guys that even if he isn't a starting center on a good team necessarily and he's only playing 20 22 minutes a night he'll still flirt with top 100 value because he'll he'll score efficiently he'll get rebounds he'll get some blocks so he does enough i think his floor is safe enough that taking him here there, there isn't really much of a risk yeah um just to keep things moving we'll go ahead and move to round five um just real quick i'll highlight uh, a couple of their young guys anthony black went 94 um robert williams went 102 obviously his adp has dropped a little bit jeremy grant went 109 i think that could also be another guy that is really good this season um that this could end up being good value for um but if we move to round five uh you got Jaden hardy at 142 I got AJ Griffin at 149. Let's talk about Zach Collins going 150, mostly because I was really mad I got snipes uh, because I had two picks later. Um, I was like, there's no way that he goes Zach Collins here. He's more likely to go AJ Griffin. I'll get AJ Griffin. And then he went Zach Collins, um, Mm. who's, I know we've had this discussion. Um, who's going to start at center this season for them more than likely. What do you think about, and and he could start long past there. Cause I don't think just cause Wemby has a year under his belt that they're like, cool, let's let him play center and just throw him out there against Embiid and Jokic and figure it out. I think that it's a few seasons of, or maybe forever of somebody else playing center to take more hits down low guarding post players and keep Wemby out of foul trouble, keep his body healthy, or playing on the perimeter. I think Zach Collins at 150 is really good value. Um, what do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. I think he starts this season. I mean, if you think back to before he he's had a lot of injuries, uh, I think he was back when he was in Portland, he was – I mean, he's been around for a little while. I'd say he's probably 27 – maybe something like that. But I do remember when he sort of was younger and he was coming into the league and he was viewed as sort of this 
part of this next generation of centers in terms of his skill set. So he could block, he could hit threes, um, not too bad from the free throw line. So he, and since then, like he's, he's just dealt with multiple injuries. So he just hasn't played and other players have sort of adapted their game. And we've seen guys like Carl Anthony Towns um, come through and sort of take that mantle of perimeter centers that, that can score from all over the court. But Collins still has that ability, and we saw that last season down the stretch. Uh, I don't have his, the numbers in front of me, but he was he was solid. Final twenty games of the season, hitting threes, blocking shots. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think if he can stay healthy, there's no reason that he can't be a starting center. Yeah, and he's about to turn twenty six. Yeah, over the final months, final nine games for him. Uh, he was 30th in nine cat, uh, according to basketball monster. And it's funny cause you pull up basketball monster and you look at his recent seasons for his stats. Um, it has 2019, 2020, 12 games, and they did play the next season. And then 2021, 2022, he played 28 games. So he played 40 games o- over three seasons, finally got to play a full season last year. And as soon as they traded Jakob Pertl to Toronto, yeah. he took off. He's, again, about to turn 26, but he hasn't really had gotten to play that many games because of injuries. So I think he's a guy that's going to go under the radar a good bit. Um, well, now he's not because I've, you know, a lot of people have written columns about him. I know I have um, talking about how good he's going to be this season. So he, he probably won't eventually go under the radar, but as of now, he still is a little bit, which is probably why he slipped to 150. Um, unfortunately, he couldn't slip to 152 for me. Um, I know you mentioned that you didn't love your Jaden Hardy pick. Um, just, But do you have any th- more thoughts on that, or is there any other picks in this round that you'd rather talk about? No, look, I think on Hardy, look, I'm just having a look sort of through there now at guys that I could have considered. Um, Jalen Suggs is a guy that I still think has some upside, um, but he went about, what's that, seven picks before me. Um, I was looking at Dante DiVincenzo here, Bruce Brown, uh, Josh Hart. So they all sort of fitted my build, but I just wanted to go with a bit more youth. Uh, and, and looking back, I sort of went back and had a look at Hardy from last season and, and the games that he played when Luca was out or when Kyrie was out, and he was he was given good minutes and he can certainly score, um, which is something that I need on my team. So yeah, I'm not as down on this pick now. Uh, and having spoken with a few people, and um, I think I put something in Discord, maybe I can't remember where it was. Um, most people who I sort of trust in this dynasty space said, no, this, this is, a, this is a decent pick. It's, it's um, good upside. So yeah, no, I'm happy with my pick. Yeah. I think it's good. I think, uh, you know, Kyrie's going to miss games. Luca will probably miss not as many, but he'll miss a couple already has the ability to be a 20 point per game scorer, And like you said, with your first few rounds, BI and, uh, Cade could average 50. He can give you 20 more, maybe. So I like it. Uh, we can move. Uh, well, actually, I'll highlight a few of the younger guys, especially. Cam Whitmore went 121. Keontae George, 122. Dyson Daniels, 126. 
Um, that could be a really good upside pick. Tyus Jones is going to start for Washington, went 134. Then Simmons went 137 to the uh, join the win now team alongside uh, Paul George, LeBron, and Steph. So he's punting games played, apparently. But we'll see if that strategy works out. <laughs> um, now it's obviously talent. Ben Simmons, if it pans out and he's able to play, it's a really good pick. Uh, round six, have that up there now. Um, I went Grady Dick at 152. You prevented me from getting a third Hawk uh, by going Jalen Johnson at 159. Not that he was actually going to fall the way back around to me. Um, but I really like that pick um, because John Collins is gone. Sadiq Bay will probably start at first, but Jalen Johnson is really, really good and has the upside to give you some blocks as well um, and just be an athletic force in transition. Um, which is a nice change of pace from spamming pick and rolls, which is what the Hawks do. Mm-hmm. And I think he fits in well there. What do you think about your pick? I like this pick. I'm pretty high on Jalen Johnson. Um, even for this season, I'm okay with taking him towards the end of a draft final round kind of thing, just to see what his role looks like. <clears throat> when he played last season, he looked really good. Um I think both him and AJ Griffin uh, will will have bigger roles for the Hawks this year, or they should have, uh, with John Collins gone. Um, Sadiq Bay's he's solid, but he's not he's not someone that's going to win you a title or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, look, I really like my Jalen Johnson pick. Um, he picked him mainly for the for the, for some defensive upside, um, get me some steals, uh, and other picks in this sort of range that I didn't mind. Uh, I don't mind the Obi Toppin pick there at 167. Um, he's he's flashed some really nice moments in New York, and I think he's probably going to start in Indiana, at least to start to, to begin the season. I think he'll start. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with a starting role. Uh, and I like Peyton Watson at 174 as well. Uh, I think Peyton Watson is another guy that I'm, I'm okay to take a last round flyer on even in redrafts, just again, to see what his role looks like with Jeff Green gone and with Bruce Brown gone. Um, because he's, yeah, he's looked really good whenever he's been on the court. Yeah. I think it was like five days after the finals, maybe even less than that. Uh, Zach Lowe said it, that people in Denver, both coaches, I think, and players, maybe management. I don't remember exactly. Somebody in the organization uh, basically saying that they're hoping Peyton Watson can be a bigger part of their rotation this season. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you have an athletic forward playing alongside Jokic, as we've seen with Aaron Gordon, Watson has some upside. I think that this is a really good pick, especially you know if Aaron Gordon doesn't stick around long-term. We know Jokic is, and if Peyton Watson's able to fill that role eventually, that's going to be a really, really good pick. Um same thing with Obi Toppin. I think that's going to be a fun, fun, fun duo with him and Tyrese Halliburton. Um, let's see. Some of the other rookies. And this is – so with Watson, it's like I want him to go under the radar. And I think he was considered an under-the-radar guy for a bit. But the hype's already kind of breaking out. He did really well in his two summer league games. You might end up having to reach for him a little bit. Um, and it's the same thing with Leonard Miller who went 179. Mm. Um, He was a second-round pick, probably shouldn't have been, 
And I agree with betting on the talent, not betting on draft position or, or situation because situation form isn't great and you're betting on the talent. I like that. That's totally fine with me, but it's, I want him to be a value pick. I, I want to like get him later on, not have to take him here, which I don't think it's a bad spot to take him. I think it's fine, but he's one of those guys who's just kind of been going really, really early despite being a second round pick. I mean, draft position where somebody goes shouldn't dictate everything, but I think it's something that's, you know, kind of in, something to consider, I guess, you know, I think he was picked 33 or in the thirties. Uh, so everybody passed on him for a round. Um, why? So mm-hmm. I think it's something to consider a little bit. Um, even though he was really good in the G league for G league ignite. So it was, it was weird that he slipped, but kind of why same thing with cam Whitmore. I'm just kind of like, I like him, but why did he slip? Was everybody just wrong? That happens, but Leonard Miller is a guy that you know, a lot of upside there, but I just I'm kind of wondering why. That's it. Yeah, look, I think he was, as you said, really, he was really good in summer league. Um, I'm not sure where the minutes come this season with the Wolves. Mm-hmm. He's like he's playing behind Kyle Anderson, Nasri, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I know Kyle Anderson's not going to have as big a role, but. He needs to be on the floor for them. He does so much. He showed that last mm-hmm. season. So, uh, and Naz Reed, they just paid. So he's going to be in the rotation, playing as. I think I, I think his role is going to be more than just a backup. I think there'll there'll be times when they want him on the floor alongside Towns um, as more of a scoring threat. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not sure where the minutes come for Miller this year, but long term. I think there's enough upside there that taking him at 179 is completely fine. Yeah, I I think it's fine. It's just it's just interesting to me how I think I mean there's other if I'm not mistaken, Jet Howard always falls and I get it. I didn't mm. I didn't have him as a lottery pick. Orlando certainly reached to get him. Um I think in the general opinion of everybody. Um but it's just interesting how a second round guy is pretty consistently going earlier than a lottery talent and a lot of first round picks. Just interesting to me. Um, the other first round pick that went or rookie in general that went in this round was Kobe Bufkin went at 153 right after I took Grady Dick at 152. Um, the only other fun pick I see Russell Westbrook at 170. That's fun. Um, so next round seven, um, I went. Well, you went Gabe Vincent two hundred two. I went Al Horford at two hundred nine, and Adam, I hate my pick. I, <laughs> I hate it so much. I, I even before I made it, I hated it because I'm like, I don't want Al Horford on my team. It's not because he's bad. It's that he's one. He's really old, but two, he was disrespectful to Atlanta fans when he left by saying that the fans kind of suck and that's why he left. Mm. So, you know, as a Hawks fan, I don't like Al Horford, but it was 209. He blocked shots. He's going to be good this year. I took a couple of rookies. So maybe if they're not good, I can start Horford and it was a business decision. That's all it was. It was a business decision. (laughs) I did not like having to click draft Al Horford. I needed to make that statement. 
Um, what were your thoughts about Gabe Vincent going two hundred two? Uh, look, I'm, I'm okay with Vincent there. Uh, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still think we're yet to see who he is as a player. He he was he had some really good games in the playoffs, obviously, um, but he had some really bad ones too. So he and I only know because I was doing some playoff fantasy and I he had a couple of good games and I thought, okay, I'm going to get him in my squad today and and see how he goes. And he would he was like failed to score. 0 of 7 from the floor, 2 assists. So he he hasn't developed consistency yet as an NBA player. Uh, but I think, like I've seen enough um, to, to take him here at 202. He's still, again, he's probably in that age range of 25, 26. Something like that. Uh, let me have a look. 27. So he's, okay. he's still, still in that in that range where he potentially hasn't hit his peak yet. Um, not exactly sure what his role is going to be with the Lakers, whether he's going to be starting or, or backing up D'Angelo Russell. But the for the amount that they paid him, I think he's going to be playing more than he was playing in Miami on a consistent basis. So uh, he'll do enough here. He'll give me some threes, some assists, the odd steal. So fits my build. Still a bit of upside. Um I'm not super excited about it, but I'm not I'm not unhappy either. Yeah. And the other rookies or interesting picks in this round to me, uh Derek Whitehead went 182, former five-star, a lot of injuries at Duke, his draft stock slipped. Um but the upside's there. Uh Lonzo went 186, hopefully he plays basketball again. 188 Brandon Podziemski, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh Usman Dieng went 190, Bull Bull 191. Uh, Jordan Hawkins, 197. He seems to be, along with Jet Howard, the consensus lottery pick that nobody wants in fantasy, which I kind of get with Hawkins, more even a little bit more so than than Jet, uh, because if he's on the floor, I don't really know what he's doing for a category league other than scoring um, and shooting threes. But also that trying to find minutes for him in New Orleans is going to be tough. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Isaac, 205. So we have two guys with Isaac and Lonzo ball that we hope to see on the floor again. Um, and then Noah Clowney went to 10. Um, do you have any other thoughts on any of those picks? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I like Kenyon Martin this season. I think okay. he's got a nice opportunity in LA. Um, let's see what he can do. I, I mean, I don't think his ceiling is super high, but um, solid enough here. I like Max Christie at 207. He was, he was impressed in the summer league. Um, I'm not really sure where he fits in the Lakers rotation this year, but I think we've seen enough to grab him here and just in a dynasty, you're just plugging him on your bench and and see what happens. Uh, and yeah, Lonzo, I don't know. I hope he plays again because before he went down with that knee injury in Chicago, he looked awesome. So good. I mean, if he if he plays again, that is the steal of yeah. the draft. And I think that's how it's going to be in every single dynasty startup this year is whoever gets – if Lonzo Ball play, plays basketball again, whoever gets him in you know this range or even later, mm. steal the draft. That's just the way it is. Yeah. All right, round eight. Uh, I got Chris Murray at 212. You went Dennis Smith Jr. at 219. What are your thoughts on DSJ? Is he, you know, what's he doing this year? 
Uh, well, hopefully he's playing for my sake. Um, <laughs> I'm just bringing up his age as well. So still only 25. Yeah. So again, fits my that sort of 23 to 27. Um, he was good in, in Charlotte last year when he got minutes, uh, obviously with, with Lonzo, uh, with Lamelo out, that helped him. Um, but he also dealt with a couple of ankle injuries as well himself. So no stranger to injury. But I think I grabbed him here just for steals. I think I was, I was really just hunting some late steals um, and assists. He's not going to score a lot, doesn't hit a lot of threes, um, which is probably the downside to my squad is that I've gone guard heavy, but I don't necessarily have anyone in there that's going to light up from the perimeter. Um, they'll all hit some threes, but not a lot. So, yeah, look, I'm okay getting him here. I think he's done enough now to I don't think he's ever going to reach what people sort of thought he might be when he was drafted because he was taken pretty high I think fifth pick maybe seventh pick something like that in the draft uh I don't know if, if it's I think seven name. or eight sounds right to me seven or eight it's totally oh, pick nine okay pick nine so 2017 uh pick nine so he was sort of seen as this athletic dunking machine who um but he's turned himself into a really good defensive guard um arguably one of the best defensive guards in the league who can score um can hit threes he's not not very good at it yet but something that he'll be working on um and sneaky value in assists as well so i'm not sure as i said exactly what his role is going to be in brooklyn um Dinwiddie is probably going to be the starter and you would go, okay, well, Smith will be the backup, but I'm also hoping that Ben Simmons can turn things around and where does he fit in the rotation? Do they play him at point guard or do they play him as a a point forward? So I'm not convinced convinced that he's going to play a, a ton, but I think he's done enough to sort of earn himself at least 16, 18 minutes a night most nights. Yeah. Um, let's see some of the rookies that went Jalen Hood Shafino to a two eleven. I went Chris Murray at two twelve. Um, didn't really matter where he ended up. Chris Murray is going to be able to play as a rookie. He's not as good as Keegan, but he is a guy who can play from day one. Uh, Jeremy Grant is still going to start at power forward, but here's my plan for Portland. And we'll see if they choose to listen to me or not, uh, is trade Damian Lillard this summer and then trade Jeremy Grant at the trade deadline. Uh, because he just signed the big contract for some reason. They signed him to it, um, and now they owe him how much it is over the next five years. Um, but they have Dame wanting out. So you trade Damian Lillard now, or or they even wait till the trade deadline. But I think it's smarter than to trade him now because he's going to show up and play, and if they're going to have to trade him away, they don't want to win games. They should trade him now. It's just business. Uh and then you trade Grant as soon as he's eligible to be traded. And then Chris Murray can start at power forward. And that's kind of my plan for them and why I've been trying to get Chris Murray, excuse me, wherever I can, um, because he's going to be able to contribute from day one. Uh, Jamie Jacquez went 218, Bryce Sensiball 220, Marcus Sasser 224, Chet Howard 225. Um, more rookies. That's it for rookies. Um, yeah, Cam Thomas 230. A lot of. Fun picks this round. Um, we'll go ahead and move to round nine. Um, now that we're getting into 
the picks that I mean, I think we already have for a couple of rounds, but the picks that uh, we didn't get to talk about last time because we hadn't made them yet. Uh, you went Javon Carter at 262. I think that's a phenomenal pick. Yeah, I'm, I was happy to get him there. Um, again, he fits my build. A little bit older uh, than than a couple of my other guys, I think. Uh, let me pull up his age. He is 20, 20, okay, 27. So maybe not as old as, as you think. Um, so, no, look, I'm happy to get him here. I'm not exactly sure, again, what his role, whether, whether he'll start or not in Chicago, but... We saw a little bit from him in Milwaukee the last couple of years when he was playing uh, big minutes when he was starting. He was a, a really good streaming guy for a week, two weeks. Um, get you some threes, good defensively, some assists. So he does what I need him to do. And and if he does start for the Bulls, then he could be, I don't know, top, top 120 kind of guy if he's getting 28, 30 minutes a night. But the Bulls have got a few guard options, so we'll have to see. Uh, what their rotation looks like. Yeah, he's decent chance to start, and he's a mountaineer just like Zach Hanshu went to West Virginia. So, yep, I mean, sim- similar talent to Zach, and I think that there's a really good chance he's good in fantasy this season. Um, I went Jordan Walsh at 269. Uh, he's another rookie, five star prospect out of high school. Didn't play well at Arkansas, uh, mainly because he just shot really bad but he shot really well or at least pretty well from three in summer league. So I was like, heck, why not? He can play defense. If he can shoot. Okay. Then I think Boston can take the time to develop him. Obviously that's somebody that would sit on my bench for the next three to four seasons, probably, but maybe one day he, uh, he pans out maybe quicker than I think, or hopefully anyway, a lot of rookies this round, Tristan Vuksevich, Olivier Maxence prosper, Amani Bates, which is crazy to me to think because I remember in my home dynasty league two, three years ago, maybe, maybe four years ago, saying, okay, I need to keep my 2023 firsts. Uh, I think at the time I my math may have been off and I thought Wemby was going 2024, but I said I need to keep my 2023 first so that I can get Amani Bates. Like that's really important to me. I need to get Amani Bates, so I need to keep my firsts. Obviously he fell off and isn't the same player that he was expected to be, but just funny. Uh, Kobe Brown, 250. Alexander Vezinkov, 251. Nick Smith Jr., 256. Trace Jackson Davis, 258. Um, City Sissoko, I hope I said that right, 270. And then my man Cam Reddish at 248. And we will never stop believing in Cam Reddish over here. <laughs> but it's Good probably luck. time. It's probably time, but I won't stop believing. Like, I'm not even kidding, Adam. Probably two weeks before he got traded from the Hawks, my Cam Reddish jersey, I think I got it for Christmas. So I had my Cam Reddish jersey, had two – because he was traded in January. It wasn't even with the trade deadline. So it may have been three weeks, and then he got traded. And I was like, this this is ridiculous. Like, I just – I mean, I still have it. I'm not getting rid of it. I, I like it a lot, but it hurt. It hurt. Well, um, when he if he breaks out, uh, it'll be worth money. It'll be it'll oh be yeah retro. It'll be yeah. So yeah, like I know I had the Cam Reddish when he was a rookie. I have the yeah no I have it. Like I, it's cool. Um, round ten. Um, I went Lester Quinones. You went Ryan Rollins. Um, the reason I went uh, Lester here, I'm just gonna say Lester, so I don't if I've said his last name wrong, I don't continue to do it. Um. After Jordan Poole got traded, 
like shortly after he's playing in summer league, putting up big numbers and people are saying, no, he's, he's Jordan pool. He moves just like Jordan pool. Like that's the same player also undrafted also spent time in the G league. I'm like, okay, if he turns into Jordan pool and the Warriors just kind of do this where they just produce Jordan pool clones, I'm going to get my hands on him and he's going to be good or I'm going to trade him and get really good value. One or the other, that's all of my logic for that pick. Um, what do you think about going uh, your pick with Ryan Rollins at two seventy nine? Yeah, so I got I got Rollins last season in a in a dynasty league as well, and he he obviously he barely played because he broke his foot. Um, but and and I mean, again, not a dynasty expert, so I don't know a lot about the rookies. I'm getting better at researching them, but I remember when I made the pick of Rollins last year, a few of the other analysts were pretty high on him and said, that's, that's a really good pick late. Um, he was a second rounder, I think from memory for the Warriors, but he, he was pretty good in summer league. I thought he looked good. Uh, he's playing in Washington now. So if they come sort of February, March, if they shut things down, he may get um, run as a starting point guard in Washington. So, yeah, I think the fact that I had him there, the feedback I got was good on him. Um, I liked what I saw in Summer League, so I was okay to get him here. I, I did consider Kyra Lewis as well, yeah. um, uh, as well as Chris Dunn. Uh, Chris Dunn's okay. actually a lot older than people think. That's the reason I didn't yeah. go with him. Uh, it feels like he's like 25 and he's he's just been in and out of the league a bit, but I, th- I think he's over 30. Um, he's got to be close because I'm trying to think. I think he was the same draft as Andrew Wiggins or, yeah. or, or maybe he was – he's a 2014 or 15. Maybe he was 16. I think he was 16. He was the year after they went Wiggins-Cat and then Chris Dunn in 2016, I think. Yes, he was, 2016, yeah. yeah. P- the fifth pick. Um, I don't know. He's an interesting player because whenever he's on the court, he looks so good. And we saw with Utah last season, he was excellent. He was putting up double doubles. He was getting four steals a game. But where does he fit in the rotation now? And is anyone going to take him because he's he'll be almost thirty? So that's why I didn't go with him just because of his age. Um, and Kyra Lewis, I'm pretty high on him as well. He he was a guy that I considered there. Yeah, and he ended up going two eighty six, and Chris Dunn went two ninety seven. Uh, we will keep moving. We will move to round 11 um, where you went BJ Boston at 322. And I went, I hope I'm saying this right, Ryan Rupert at 329, um, which I only took him because people were saying that he could be the next Nick Batum for Portland because I think he's a tall guy who was drafted late and can dribble the ball pretty well. So people are said, Oh, Nick Batum. I saw that and said, cool, Nick Batum, uh, three twenty nine. Why not? So that's kind of what my logic was at pick three twenty nine. What was your logic <laughs> going, uh, Brandon Boston at three twenty two? Oh, look, I mean, Boston hasn't played much. Obviously I'm a, he's still in LA, isn't he? I think, uh, with the Clippers. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hasn't played much, but, the very limited uh, court time he's had, uh, he's he's looked good. Um, he knows how to score. He's still only 21, I think. Uh, I looked at. I remember I looked that up when I drafted. Yeah, so so still only 21. So 
I've got time here. He's a guy that I can just leave on my bench and it might be the Clippers aren't young. So Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nick Batum, all these guys potentially in two years, three years could have moved on or Batum could have retired, who knows. So it could be that in in three years, four years, he's he's pushing for minutes and he's starting. So purely an upside pick, uh, which which is what you're doing at this point of a dynasty draft. You just you're taking a guy you think might be good at some point in his career. But if he's not, then you're going to be drafting rookies year after year. So you can just drop these guys if need be. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're Matt Lawson and you have, you know, a top probably like 600 at this point, he probably has like everybody in Europe ranked as well. Um, then maybe you can feel really good here. Um, and I'm not, there's probably other dynasty analysts that are way more uh, detail oriented than I, and mm. can give you a really good analysis for their pick in round 11 at pick 329. Um, but obviously everybody that listens to me uh, comes for the hard hitting analysis of, I saw somebody on Twitter say he was Nick Latoon, <laughs> and that's why I went with him. Um, of course that's, you know, reliable, reliable sourcing right there. Yep. Um, <laughs> we'll go to round 12, uh, which just, you know, if you've never done a 30 team dynasty startup or any sort of dynasty startup where you're getting into past pick 300, it's, um, it's a grind because you're just trying to find, you, you have one of two options. You take, you know, some, veteran player that will maybe start even this season, but maybe play minutes this season that you probably don't really want to draft because you don't really know what they're going to like, how much they're actually gonna be able to give you, or you take some upside swing on some rookie you've heard of once or twice ever. And you just got to kind of cross your fingers. Um, That's what I did here uh, with, again, I'm probably going to say this wrong, but Tariq Biberovich um, if I'm not mistaken, he's a Euro stash for the Grizzlies and he played pretty well in summer league. Um, I think at this point I just had, I was just looking at rookies and just trying to take some upside swings. Um, I have no idea if that pick is going to pan out or not. You went, uh, George Niang who should hit some threes this year. And I'm assuming that's why you took him. <laughs> that's exactly why I took him because, as I said earlier, I I have gone guard heavy and I just felt there would probably be some weeks when I just need a guy to come in and give me like eight, ten three-pointers for the week or 15 three-pointers. And, and Niang's – he's 30, so he's a little bit older, but he's not super old. He's playing in Cleveland. They need floor spacing. They need, they need perimeter scorers. Um He's not going to start, I don't think. Well, look, I mean, maybe he does. But even if he's playing 18, 20 minutes a night, he can give me three threes, two and a half threes a game in that time. So he's more of a guy that I'm just going to call on based on matchup. So if I'm against a team that's got a similar build to me or strong in three-pointers, I might th- – and Niang has four games. I might just throw him in as my final roster piece for the week and, and hope that he catches fire and – and gives me a handful of three-pointers. Yeah, and that's, uh, again, that's kind of what you're doing at this point. Um, so we'll move on. The final round, uh, round 13, where, honestly, 
I want to give you pick of the draft, but this would have been a golden, golden opportunity for you to take Dante Exum and you didn't do it. And we would have had a reason to talk about him. <laughs> and, well, we are talking about him. Yeah, no, like that's why I'm bringing this up is to name drop him because we have to we have to keep it up. We have to keep the bit going. Uh, yeah. But you did go Udonis Haslam, which we addressed earlier as, you know, I think you have a good chance of winning coach of the year for our league. Like you have the guy that's going to win coach of the year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, look, this was obviously this is I, I know he's retired, so um, this was just a. Uh, he probably hasn't been picked in dynasty for the last ten years. Um, he hasn't played <laughs> for ten years, so this was more just look. Let's get him in a squad, uh, get that ADP up, so his ADP might be seven hundred and eighty <laughs> now or something. So it's uh, yeah, there was this was always obviously a pick. That uh, that I was going to drop, yeah, and I um, am dropping him right now. Oh, nice! I'm putting in cap well. space for uh, Jordan Poole. I like it. Actually, I'm going to put a zero. Submit claim. All right, let's see. I have just put in a bid, and I hope <laughs> hope no one watches this oh, show. Who'd you put a bid in for? Dante Exum. He oh. will be making <laughs> his way onto my roster. I might have to put a dollar bid down and drop ah. uh, <laughs> uh, Onuralp Bittim, um, which I know. I, the other ones, I was like, I may have pronounced this wrong. I know I pronounced that wrong. I have no idea how to pronounce his name. Um, I saw he signed a two-way contract with Chicago um, earlier the day before I drafted and said, cool, I'll take it. That was, that was my logic was I, I saw he signed a contract. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I – Maybe I should take the later rounds more seriously, and I'm sure a lot of dynasty analysts do. But I, um, I like to have fun, so I was like, "Hey, I'll take this guy." And now, if uh, I want to make a trade and trade away picks to get a good player, I don't even have to worry about who to drop because I already know who I'm going to drop, and there's plenty of guys to drop, so I'm not as stressed about that. Um, but yeah, that was round thirteen. Um, I don't, I'm sure a lot of people that listen to this are in-depth dynasty players. So I'm going to drop a few names of just who's going uh, in round 13 of a 30 team startup. Uh, because, you know, if you're, if you've done a 30 team startup, you probably are like, oh, okay, like, that's fine. But then if you've never done one before and you're just listening to this for the first time, you're probably just going to laugh because you may not have even heard of some of these guys. Um, Demoy Hodge, I believe he's a rookie. Uh, just went Nathan Knight, Hawks legend. Nathan Knight went 379. Craig Porter, 381. Uh, Keon Ellis was 390. I'm sure Onuralt did Tim. I said it again, I know it's wrong. Um, I'm sure a lot of people haven't heard of him, but hey, that's uh, that's what happens in 30 team dynasty startups. We get to talk about or Make fun picks at the end of the draft. Um, but since there's not exactly a ton of analysis here, because, again, it's fun, and I'm taking my dart throws, but there's not – I mean, unless you're going to literally be – which Matt Lawson, I know he does it, so he could give you a really good analysis of pick 390. But mm. a lot – for most people at this point, you're – oh my gosh, it's been two weeks of this slow draft. Please, can we just finish so I can make trades? And you're just grabbing somebody. Cool. Not a ton of thought. 
you know, there's still guys here that are going to be rotation players this season. I mean, Gary Harris, Patrick Beverly went. So there's rotational pieces, potential starters, Joe Harris, uh, Darius Baisley, Pat Connaughton. So they go late because they don't really have much upside, but that's kind of the end of a dynasty 30 team startup. Uh, we've had two trades that have happened. Um, hopefully a third, if Adam can get his trade talks going <laughs> for Jordan pool, but we had uh Tyrese Maxey for Wendell Carter Jr. and two first-round picks. And when I was looking at that earlier, the team that got Wendell and the two first-round picks has um, Giannis, Rudy Gobert, and Jakob Pertl. So adding in another really good rebounder with Wendell Carter and getting two first-round picks, I like that trade for him. And let me uh, look up the roster of the guy who got Maxey. Um, what are your thoughts on the trade while I'm looking that up? Uh, yeah, look, I think it's probably okay. I mean, I, it's, I'm not experienced with dynasty trades at all. Uh, Maxi's obviously the best player there, so that makes sense. Um, two, the two first-round picks, I don't know, to me, one first-round pick might have made more sense, but, again, I could be way off there and it, it sort of depends on like a first round pick in a dynasty if you if you're making a trade could be pick three or it could be pick 29 so there's you need to have a look at who you're trading with uh, anyone who's done dynasty will know this you need to look at who you're trading with and have a just to have a run through their squad and go okay well where are you going to be finishing next season because if you're going to be finishing first or second you're not going to get a high draft pick and so who is this player going to be? Is it going to be like the the guy you just took at 200 or 390 or whatever, whose name we couldn't pronounce? Or is it going to be a a rookie that that could produce from day one? So, um, but I think it's fair. Look, I think if if that's who you want, then you need to sometimes pay up, which maybe I'll do for Jordan Poole. Yeah. And uh, the team that got Maxi has Tyrese Halliburton, MPJ, Pascal Siakam, and Jonas Valanciunas starting alongside him. So that's that's a really good team, and I have no issue with giving up the first, especially if they're going to be late round first and mm. you're planning on winning. Um, I like that trade. I like it for both teams because you know Wendell Carter probably fits. Uh, I'm trying to remember the team name. Let me pull it up. Um, fits Houston Mill Street Cafe a lot better than Saturday Crim Club. Um, also, I'm realizing now that for some reason I totally missed the trade and didn't put it on the slideshow. So if you're watching the video, there's a missing trade, which I'm going to say now. It was Drew Holiday for DeAnthony Melton, a first-round pick, and Nick Smith Jr. Um, so Drew Holiday joins We the North. Melton Smith and the pick head to the Long Island Nets, um, who has Sadiq Bay, John Collins, Melton, Jabari Smith, and Jason Tatum starting. Whereas We the North has Embiid, Tyler Harrow, Drew Holiday, Kyrie Irving, Mitchell Robinson. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think that trade is pretty even. But if Melton gets a chance to start, then I think that could end up being skewed a little bit towards that team. But 
having a team with Embiid, Harrow, Drew Holiday, Kyrie, and Mitch Robinson gives you a really good chance to win a championship. Yeah, I think just on the surface when you when you read it out, it sounded a little bit well, not lopsided, probably not the right word, but mm-hmm. Drew Holiday's quite old now. Um Melton, as you said, if he if he starts, he, he's not as good as as Drew Holiday, but in terms of dynasty, I wouldn't have them too far apart. I'd probably only have them a few rounds apart. Um, so, uh, yeah, with all with those other pieces, I'm not sure. But yeah, look, Drew Holiday just seems to seems to keep plugging away and, and doing what he does year after year. So he could have another three, four years of top fifty production. Definitely. And then the final trade, which is on the slideshow, if you're watching. Um, a bigger one, it was Spencer Dinwiddie and Steven Adams for Noah Clowney, Jalen Hood-Shifino, and two first-round picks. Um, again, the team that has Jordan Poole traded away Adams and Dinwiddie for two rookies and two first-round picks. Um, so I'm assuming that if he is able to trade Jordan Poole, maybe to you, that he'll be all in on the tank and might be tanking for whoever is the number one pick next year. Whereas the Panama Canaleros, and I apologize if I said that incorrectly, um, adds Dinwiddie and, um, who do we say, Stephen Adams to Jokic, Levine, DeMar, Miles Bridges, Zach Collins, Chris Paul. That's a win-now team right there if, I, if I've seen one. So I think <laughs> that, that uh, again, that I think that's a good trade for both sides, and I know that that doesn't happen often. Um in the NBA or it doesn't happen often in redraft leagues, but I feel like it happens a good bit in dynasty and it's easy if one team is trying to go completely in one direction and another team is trying to go completely in another. And it all just depends on how those draft picks pan out. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot more moving parts in a dynasty because you're, you're not just looking at the next 12 months, you're looking at forever potentially. So um, as you said, yeah, on the surface you go, mm, okay, maybe not. But when you look at the squads and, the team that's getting Adams and Dinwiddie, it, it really just solidifies them as probably the team to beat this season. Um, without without going into depth on other rosters, um, that's going to be a hard team to beat. Yeah. And I was planning on us talking about um, some teams that could win or like have a really good chance to win the championship or teams that uh, might be tanking for the number one pick, but... Um, since we've already gone an hour and a half or almost, yeah, actually an hour and a half, we're not going to do that. Um, we will, I'm going to pull this up as we're kind of signing off, um, the industry round table. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with that? Yeah. So it was just, I mean, there's obviously limited content at the moment. Um, this is probably the deadest period for, for fantasy analysts um, starting to do things like player outlooks and stuff for next season. But a lot of that is under the table stuff that's not necessarily going up on any sites or anything. So uh, I just thought um, that I'd reach out. And, and as with everything, there was a, a lot of uptake from analysts um, who also don't have a lot to do or or have some free time at the moment. So we're just doing a weekly roundtable article, um, different theme every week. So this was the first episode here that you've got on the screen, which was hot takes. Um, the second one was uh, what did I do for the second one? I can't. Just I, th- I think a player that 
we think. Oh, breakout. Yeah, him. like an early sleeper kind of guy um, was the second one. And then the next, uh, the, the one that will come out next week will be guys. Uh, I just asked everyone to suggest a player that they think could break into the first round this season who has never been a first round player. Um, if everything lines up, so they don't, they're not necessarily going to be a first round player, but have the upside to do that. So, yeah, we'll probably just do one of these every week uh, for the next couple of months, I guess. And then once the season starts, if people are keen to to do a, a weekly one, I only ask for a paragraph, so it's only five ten minutes work. So we might we might keep it uh, keep it coming. But there's your there's your guy there, pre haircut, pre haircut. That's that's key, I think. Uh, so if you're not watching and you haven't followed me on Twitter. Um, my hot take was that Derek White will be a top 50 player in nine cat scoring, um, which I, there was, you know, a lot of people had opinions because I think there were some other people that really liked Derek White this season and some other people that are a little bit more hesitant, which is fine. I mean, his best finish was 85th, um, which was not this past season, the season before. Um, but my thing with Derek White and this, like, you know, I, you can look at the individual numbers and, you know, should jump a little bit with Marcus Smart traded and Derek White definitely starting at point guard. Um, you know, oh, like his points are going to jump a couple here, assists jump a couple here. He's a really good shot block. Like we can talk about those things, but um, the main thing for me is that he's never been ha- or really had the opportunity to be like the starting point guard for a team because – uh, when he before he was traded to Boston, he was I don't remember exactly. I may have have it in this column, but um, which actually let me see if I do. Um, so I don't have it in there. I don't remember which column because I've written like three now. Um, he was playing alongside Dejounte Murray and was putting up really really good numbers, but he didn't have the ball in his hands because Dejounte did. Um, so but his value dropped a little bit. He only finished 85th because when he was traded to Boston, he was coming off the bench and that was the main thing. So now he's starting, he has better teammates than he did in San Antonio and he's going to have the ball in his hands. And when I say starting at point guard, I think that means different things to different people. I don't just don't sit there. I don't believe that they're now going to start spamming pick and rolls with Derek white and Robert Williams and just let Derek white go to work. He's not that kind of player. And, they would be stupid, obviously, to do that. But I think when you look at his ability to play off the ball and let Tatum and Jalen Brown create, uh, but also play with the ball in his hands, play really good defense, and you're just adding to his minutes. I think you know before when he was starting, he was more of a shooting guard. Now he's the point guard, so I think the assists will go up. Defensive numbers will be there. He'll be tasked with guarding premier ball handlers pretty often because before it was him and Marcus Smart splitting duties. Now it's, he's probably going to be the guy that whenever he's on the floor, he's guarding the guy with the ball. So if you're looking at them, I mean, playing Atlanta, it was, or Dallas, it's a really good fit before with Smart and Derek White, you know, kind of splitting Kyrie and Luca or Trey and DeJounte. But now it's every team, Derek White's going to be guarding the best ball handler. So I think that helps his steals a little bit. Um, He played 82 games last season. I'm, not expecting him to do that again, but he should play a lot and play more minutes. So I think that, you know, finishing in the top 50 isn't 
out as outlandish as I feel like it, it seems that it could be because I, one, I'm banking on him having a good season. So like, I mean, I think that's pretty straightforward is I think he's going to play well. It's not like he's going to have a a good season and also he's going to have a bad shooting season, but he's still going to finish top 50. Like, obviously if he's just not shooting very well, that's not going to happen. And like, that's, that's fine. But I think he's going to play well and has a really good opportunity. Hence my top 50 statement. Do you think that uh, top 50 is possible? Uh, I think it's possible. Uh, I don't think I'm as confident as you. Uh, I think he'll have a really good year, but um, but that was the idea of the article. It, it was hot takes. Like it, it was yep. things that, that everyone's going to have their guys and their favourites, and as I do, obviously, with my hot take here as well. Um, so, yeah, look, I think White will be really good. Um, I think he can be top 50. Will he be? I, I, I don't know. Time will tell. We'll, we'll see. But We shall see. Um, but I had a, a similar hot take with a different player. Markel Fultz will be top 50. Um, and he's a guy that hasn't, hasn't been top 50 before. Had a pretty, like, a well-documented, uh, interesting start to his career with, with the whole shoulder shooting thing. Um, but I thought he was really good last year. Uh, Anthony Black coming in worries me a little bit, but I, I do think it's probably going to be Gary Harris that's moved. Um, maybe Cole Anthony... At some point, I'm not sure. Uh, to me, it would be Fultz and, and Jalen Suggs as the starting two starting guards initially, but that that may or may not be the case. But I do think Fultz starts. Um, doesn't hit a lot of threes, but he gets assists, he gets steals, he's efficient uh, from both the free throw line and the field. Um, he can hit threes, so it's not a it's not an element of his game that doesn't exist. He he does hit some threes, but um, it's not what he's built on. He's built on getting to the basket. So, yeah, look, I, I just like to think that that he'll have he'll step things up again. He was he was seventieth last season, um, and it did take him a little while to get going because he missed the start of the year due to injury. So, yeah, look, much like you with your Derek White take, I just I just like faults. I like his game, um, what he's been able to to do. He's sort of been able to get through all of that early early stuff that um, derailed him a little bit and then he's turned into a really good NBA guard. Yeah. I think top 50 is very possible. Like you said, 70th last season, eight cat, despite not playing at the beginning of the year and having to just catch up, I think an extra year of chemistry with his teammates, that's like top 50s very much on the table for him. Um, Especially after, I mean, he wasn't just missing the first month. I think it was. And then playing like, he only played 26 games over the past two seasons. Mm. So I think, you know, getting his legs back under him after so many injuries to start his career, top 50 is very possible. So hot take, hot takes are fun. That's uh, that's why we talk about them. But yeah. Um, so we talked about the round table column. What else do you have coming up? Like, are we getting some more ranking soon? Uh, what else do you have coming up for FBI? Yeah. So we'll have the, the, the hot take art or the roundtable articles will continue to come out as I said once a week. Uh, we've got Quran doing stuff for us now. Um, he's sort of doing an article weekly. Um, it's not set in stone yet, timing wise, but generally it's once a week. Um, we've got some mock like I just like drafting, so I I always have mock drafts on the go. 
we're in the middle of a dynasty one at the moment, which I've been tweeting out. And I did just notice that you took Derek White with your last uh, <laughs> with your last pick, and you're now on the clock again. Um, so yeah, you took Derek White at what's that, 103, so 98 or something. Had to pick, pick 98. So um, yeah, look, that that might be something that. Um, cause obviously I, I have my balls deep show as well going, but it leans a little more into redraft stuff with, with Dr. A, um, because neither of us are, are dynasty sort of guys, but I mean, once this mock drafts finished the, the industry one we're doing, maybe I come back on your show and we talk about it on here. If I mean, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll chat, but then we're going to have a, an auction mock draft coming up, which we'll do live on my show uh doc and i will be hosting much like we did with the redraft mock draft a few weeks ago um i've never really done an auction draft not properly so that's part of the reason i'm not going to do it i'm just going to host it uh but it'll be interesting because i'm doing a couple of auction drafts this season so it'll be good to do an auction mock so that's what's coming up um player rankings i'm always updating them uh, and I've actually got a couple of ideas floating around in my head for maybe articles or maybe some really long Twitter threads, much like what Zach Zach did one, I think, the other day, which yeah. was huge. Um, so I might, uh, I've got a few ideas for, for that um, in the next couple of weeks when I get a spare hour to put it together. You are notorious for the uh, the long Twitter threads of really good information. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, as far as the auction, I've never done an auction draft either. So we'll see. I saw um, when Josh Lloyd did hosted the dynasty mock with Matt Lawson the other day, someone yep. commented and said, uh, LOL, do people still do uh, snake drafts? You need to be doing auction drafts. And Josh was like, yeah, like I like auction drafts better too, but I'm not hosting a four hour show. Yep. So I don't know. I would say keep that in mind. I'm looking forward to trying an auction draft, but uh, we'll see if uh, you and Dr. A can keep talking for, for four hours straight. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be a long one. Um, and maybe we just do the first – well, I don't know. It's one of those things you sort of think, well, okay, we'll just do the first half of the draft and and then it won't matter. But it actually will matter because at the yeah. back end of an auction draft, you're going to see which guys you can get for a dollar or $2 that you might have – ranked higher or so it's it's not like a snake draft where the the talent going off the board necessarily gets weaker as you go through the draft it's going to go up and down a lot um so yeah we'll see the aim is to do the whole show live but it's yeah it's going to be a long one so we'll see we shall see but it'll be a lot of fun and that's all we can ask for but i've already taken enough of your time um, enough of your Saturday. Uh, I know it's still early, uh, but it's a lot of almost two hours. So I still need to eat dinner. So we're going to go ahead and call it an episode. Um, Adam, thank you so much for joining me again. He talked about what he's got coming up. Make sure that you are checking it out and following him on Twitter at Adam King 91. Uh, but that is going to do it for episode 17 of the tank me later podcast. Thanks Adam. Thanks, mate. No.